And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Black and Blue Pod. I am not flying solo. This is your host, as always, Matt McLaughlin. And before I introduce my co-host, rate us five stars on iTunes, Spotify, give us a whole follow, do us everything, unsubscribe, resubscribe, check us out on YouTube, Um, trying to do more video stuff on there, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, But anyway, I'm with Timmy Gorman. We're going to be talking about some basketball news. The Ben Simmons dilemma has finally been solved for the worse in the most uh, heartbreaking way for me as a Ben Simmons defender. Um, And meanwhile, Minnesota, the Timberwolves are a shit show of an organization, even with Alex Rodriguez trying to somehow revive this team as an owner. Um, And we got football as always, but there wasn't many games that we thought were worth covering. Um, So we picked out a handful of games to cover and we'll dive into those. But first, the talk around Philly, the process is over in a way that I don't think anyone really expected <laughs> is Ben Simmons has allegedly told the Sixers that he intends to not report to training camp and that he in- never wants to play for Philly ever again. Now, allegedly, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, uh, Simmons said this to the Sixers in an end of season meeting. Um in, in like late August or something like that and said the same thing. And so now this is just becoming public. Uh, and I think I speak for the city of Philadelphia when I say, get the fuck out, bitch. If you are not going to perform in the playoffs, you do not have any right to say, oh, I don't want to play for the Sixers anymore. I don't want to do this. And you guys just don't get me. You guys just don't get me. This is every sorority chick that says, oh, you'll never find someone like me ever again. Bitch, I could find <laughs> three chicks down the block wearing jeans and white Air Force Ones. And I could also find a bunch of 6'5 to 6'10 wings that can't shoot for shit that are going to be coming for an NBA roster spot. So what does that mean? Get the fuck out, Ben. Now, do I want the Sixers to get some terrible package in return? No, I think you need to – Daryl Morey's going to do what he's got to do. We're going to talk about, um, you know, trade packages and stuff like that where what, what, what would be a good return for Simmons where you feel comfortable with letting someone like him go. Um, so we're going to be talking about that. But first, Timmy, your thoughts on the whole uh, Simmons situation imploding in our faces. Um, no, I agree. Fuck him. Like, at the same time, I think we all kind of saw this coming back when – the whole talk series went ass up and uh you know doc was asked can he be a point guard and very candidly was like i don't know (laughs) um but i'm sick of like these people who like all the like the the pro sports talk people that are like are on like you know espn and the ringer and all this shit who like five months three four months ago we're sitting there like trashing um we're trashing us and trash trashing the Sixers and Ben Simmons and basically being like, um, oh, you know, how, you know, the Sixers are an embarrassment. They're never, you know, this is what happens when you, you start everything with the losing culture and, you know, they did this and they did this wrong and blah, blah, blah. And now they're like, well, Ben Simmons really has a point. You know, they try to trade him for James Harden. <laughs> yes. It's like, yes, yes. But, like, in any other situation, they simply would be like, well, that's the NBA. It's a business. But because it's Philly, they're taking a fucking pot shot at us. 
and they're like, oh, well, they did try to trade him. It's the NBA. It's and the I'm sorry. NBA. If we're going to sit here and talk about how someone did somebody wrong, why don't not let's not talk about Ben Simmons and the millions and upon millions of dollars he's been making all while the Sixers have done nothing but try to project protect him and his best interests and investments since day one. They could have rushed him back to try yeah. and speed up the process when he was injured, but they didn't. And then they put him on time restrictions. And they did this and they came along. When everyone's like, he's got to learn to shoot, they're like, Ben will do what he's going to do. He's coming along. He's still young. He can figure it out. Ben's our point guard at every turn. Yes, did they try to trade him? Yes. But Scottie Pippen once almost got traded for, you know, two cents on the dollar. Yeah. You know, yeah, because yeah. he was unhappy. And it would have the, – the, the Bulls never would have lost or never would have won two Those of the next three championships, right? But yeah, Scotty yeah. didn't sit there and pout and say, oh, I won out. No, well, he did in like, 95 he or whatever. He did in 95, but that was they tried to trade him after that. And apparently Phil Jackson's a racist for doing that too. Right. But he 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 you know, he even if he was pissed, he he you know, yeah. he nutted up and he went out there and he did his best thing. And Scotty also knew that with Jordan, like they had Jordan, but he knew that they were never gonna win titles unless he got better. So after Pippen. that last detreat, the Detroit series where they lost yeah. when Detroit won the second of two in a row. Yeah. And he realized he needed to come back. And what happened the next year he came back. The Bulls absolutely bent the Pistons over a table. The dynasty was born, and he knew what he had to do. And that and, is something Ben Simmons has never done for yes. us or this organization. And it feels like he, it, with Pippen, it was a loyalty to his teammates. And another thing I want to hit on is the um, the media stooge point that you made. Stephen A. Smith literally said like a year ago or two years ago, Ben Simmons will stop the Sixers from winning an NBA championship. And then this week on first take, he says there was interest about uh, a Brooklyn and Philly trade involving Kyrie and Ben Simmons. And <laughs> if, if, um, and he was like, if, if Ben Simmons is on, is on the Brooklyn Nets, they win the championship. I can tell you that right now. Ben Simmons is an all world player. Pick one fucking side, motherfucker. He either is an all world NBA player that can win a championship or he's the biggest hindrance on a team that's trying to contend. You cannot have both ways. But and they that, do, Matt. That's the problem. They're they're like Alzheimer's uh, patient. They're uh, hypocritical don't get, Alzheimer's Don't even get me patients. started on the media. This week made me realize I now know why like coaches and players hate the media. They ask the same fucking questions, the same goddamn questions. And if I was a player or a coach, I would hate it too. I would hate it's it. Why, it's why in Europe, especially like in England, they like, you know, they, they as they call them journos, they despise them. Yeah. Like they like they literally like will refuse to talk to them because of shit like this. But that's what they're 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 hypocritical Alzheimer's patients because yeah. they forget about the shit they said three weeks ago <laughs> yeah. and act like the, their new take is 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 what they've been believing the whole time. And I'm like, and they're like, you know, Ben has a right. And like I said, okay, but what about the Sixers? What about the? And he's like, oh, it was always Joel's team in Joel's town. No, we would have loved both of you. Every yeah. Sixers fan back in the spring was like, this is bullshit that Rudy Gobert is one of the defensive player of the year. Ben, 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 it should be Ben. And it should have been. Jackie McMullen even said it on Bill Simmons' podcast yesterday. But now it's like, oh, well, they tried to train me for James Harden. Who fucking cares? Yeah. You literally haven't progressed since day one, since being drafted on the offensive if, side of the ball. You can't anything... shoot the ball. That's half of your goddamn job. If I showed up tomorrow to my job and was like, you know what? 
I know that uh, I'm supposed to go out and do bids for new like labor job for new facility jobs, but I decided I don't want to do it, but I still want to get my full paycheck every two weeks. <laughs> I get fired. He literally has showed up every new, at the start of every new season. Hey Ben, how was the off season? Did you work on that shot? Did you work on your game? No, I hung out with the Kardashians, even though he was working on a different that, type of shot. Yeah. Even though it's known that there are freaking cancerous you know, rats that have taken down like 17 NBA careers at this point. But no, I thought that, I thought it was more important to be in, you know, people magazine with Kylie or whatever fucking one he was dating instead of work, getting into the gym for five hours a day and learning how to get a correct rotation on the ball. When I shoot it, instead of looking like an idiot, who's never touched the basketball in my life. And it's, if anything, it felt, it feels like he's regressed because I remember, I distinctly remember reading through this tweet was, John Clark from NBC Sports Philly um, tweeted out video from Simmons in the summer league going into his rookie season. And Simmons is like pulling up with like elbow jumpers and baseline jumpers and basically saying like, where the fuck did this happen? Or where did this go? And it's like, yeah, like if anything, he's regressed from willing to take jump shots and all of a sudden, and I get it. He's trying to find his role into this offense. That's all of a sudden he's got to, try and mesh with Joel for the first couple of years. But that's an excuse, I feel like. That's just another excuse he gets, don't you? Like, it's like someone, like, like people are like, he's a perfectionist and until he's, he knows that he can be like a a 35 or better three-point shooter and like he can hit the mid-range shot at 50 some percent. That's bullshit. That's just him You offering excuses. See, but what, I, was it Carmelo Anthony? I was listening to a podcast and Carmelo Anthony was on it and he said like, chemistry is the most underrated part of the game and i believe agreed i agree 100 with that so when i wrote an article on the podcast website www.bnbpod.org um it was my case was that this was the first year in a revamp front office and (laughs) i don't fault ben for trying to take a step back and just play his game and see how it flows where you're all of a sudden you got Seth Curry getting thrown into the mix. You got Danny Green getting thrown into the mix. You're still trying to figure out shit with Joel to work. And they did, they had success. That was fine. But where we draw the line as Philly fans is how this shit is handled. That's where we draw the line. That's why we said, fuck off to Carson Wentz. That's why we're saying fuck off the Ben Simmons now. Cause it's like, we, this is the relationship where we defended you for so long and our homies were telling us to break up with you and break up and it's not going to work. She's crazy or whatever. And we just blindly ignored it and just kept marching forward. And then it blew up in our faces. She's cheating on you with clutch sports, you know, exactly. Rich Paul's rich Paul's really the main, the main, and you're just the side piece. And I think, I think they have a lot to blame for this too. Cause I think they're feeding him false information and getting him all like wound up. And it's just like, like, I get it, man. Like, you you, you feel like – I understand. I'm not saying he can't be offended about the Harden shit because yeah. you have a right to be offended. Like, what, you? I wasn't good enough? And then that – okay, that's fine. But don't act like you've given your all to yeah. the sport and to your teammates and to this organization because you're exactly. not just letting down the fans. You're letting down the coaching staff, the president, like the owners – all the all the people that come in there and work nine to fives, and it's really like nine to not nine to nines when you're in that industry when you're in the industry. And you know, all your teammates year in, year out. Like Joel knew he was overweight and that was hurting him, and he had a bad diet, he was doing this, and he was doing that wrong, and he cared more about the social media shit. So what did he do? He cut it out. 
yeah. got help. He got, he started eating better. He got, he started working out more. He tried to cut down on things that were, he thought were making him injury prone. And what happened? He turned in the best season of his career. Yes. The, the injury still popped up, but there were freak injuries. One was he, you know, throwing down a monster jam on freaking, you know, a Washington on the Washington wizards. And he just yeah. landed awkwardly because somebody undercut him. Okay. Yeah. But that still doesn't mean anything. He was, going to be the MVP. That's another thing that people are forgetting. I was listening to the podcast and they're like, and the Simmons and them are like, oh, could you imagine how great that MVP race would have been if LeBron and uh, Harden or Durant didn't get hurt? And they're like, oh, there would have been such a good race. And I'm like, and Joel? Joel and B? Because he finished second? And they didn't say a single fucking thing about it. And that's the thing I'm saying too is the disrespect that Joel gets because everyone's like, oh, you know, the process, the process. Of, we're not the only ones that did it. Oklahoma City essentially did it without calling it the process with Durant and Westbrook when they took a franchise from Seattle, one of the best basketball cities this country has. They stole, they pillaged that franchise from those people in Seattle. It was a what See, they that, did is such that's bullshit. A, that's, that's a whole separate rabbit hole, right? And we got other but they, stuff. But to I'm cover. saying they, 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 they did the same thing. They yeah. basically shit, shit the bed, and no one ever gives them crap for it. It's only Philly because yeah. of the way they did it, and it's bullshit. And it's like I'm so sorry. Oh, I guess Joel's like one of the seven or eight, and it's like no, I'm he's sorry, a he's five. a top five player in this fucking league. Top five. He's, he's a top five player in this league because any and and then they'll they'll admit it, but they don't want it. It's like they don't want to no. admit it. No. And it's exactly. like you know what? Fine. If you guys now want to defend Ben Simmons, go and defend him. But here's what's gonna happen. Minnesota, you think you're going to get Ben Simmons for nothing? Like, Minnesota Timberwolves and their fans are like, we want Simmons, but we're not going to give you anything. You don't get Edwards. <laughs> you don't get this person. You don't get that person. Yellow. Like, yo, we'll, we'll, we'll give you some draft picks. No. no like, even though you're going to suck, like, and we'll, they'll probably be top 10 picks every year, but then yeah. they'll probably try to protect them anyway. So, no. Like, and I don't want the, I don't want D'Angelo Russell. The only thing I would take from them is Edwards. And then how does that make us any better? Cause he's still raw. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, so then it's like, there, there's all, there's other things and everything's been floated and originally it was for Dame and then now it's been the column and there, there's been rumors about, Oh, healed and Halliburton. And somebody's like, that's not good. Or that's too rich. And I'm like, why? I'm like, can someone explain to me how Tyrese Halliburton has so much fucking value when a, he's another person that can't shoot B he hasn't stayed healthy the two years he's been in the in a league, and see, I, this, wait, I don't I really this was understand. His year. I don't know. It's his second year, isn't I'm it? Coming is his second year. No, I thought this was his second year, wasn't no, it? No, because that wasn't. Oh no, that you're the... right. Oh, sorry, you're right. You're right. It's sorry. Yeah, yeah. But there he didn't go. stay healthy. But and I get it. He's a switchblade. He, but so he's essentially a younger Simmons. Yeah. That's just, that's what Simmons is supposed to be, right? Yeah. He can't shoot though. He, he isn't even worse shot. Like he he's like shoots from like down here. <laughs> like you now Lonzo did the same thing. So you can you can fix that. But it's like that's too rich. Healed and and Halbert and it's like why? You have right. you have I, I yeah, it just it makes no sense so, to me. So so let's let's think about we'll wrap it up with some some like trade. Yeah, so some trade stuff. So I think right now Dame is off the table. Portland's going to do everything they can to try and keep Dame. CJ, I think, is definitely on the table in Portland. Agreed. Um, Buddy Heald is definitely on the table. I wouldn't be surprised. I've seen Marvin Bagley get thrown around in some trade proposals. Yeah, but um, what's he do for us? 
I think he is a quality four that can provide a, a decent scoring punch when healthy because he was showing some flashes here or there with, with a couple of 20 point performances and like a few stretches with Sacramento. Oh, no, he's talented, but doesn't he clog the lane just as much for Ben? Like he can't shoot threes. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, but if, if he comes to Philly, I think it's more of a quality big man that you can rotate in and out with Joel that you can rely on for like a solid, like 10 to 15. When well, we have Andre Drummond. <laughs> yeah, buddy. The biggest lane clogger I think the NBA has ever seen. Um, so who's like, obviously Dame is, I think the golden, the golden ticket, but I mean, would you be okay with like a CJ and a couple of picks for Simmons? Well, it's like CJ Covington and like two picks, isn't it? Yeah. Is what I heard. I take it in a heartbeat because CJ, CJ, not only is he a great shooter, but you're getting Covington back. Who's not as good of a defensive player, but he's still a defensive player. He's familiar with the city. He's familiar with a lot of the teammates that they had. They can Mm -hmm. use him on the wing. And and CJ, you get somebody who can create off the dribble, and then you just put him next to Tyrese Maxey. And not that I'm saying, like, you know, I'm not saying Tyrese Maxey is going to be an all-star this year. But he grew as the season went on. Agreed. I am completely fine with Tyrese Maxey being the Sixers point guard for the next 12 to 15 years. If he takes care of himself grows and keeps developing as he has i love that guy man i love him which which is what drove me nuts when i saw some maxi was getting thrown into rumors because i think yeah what is that about i think because he's also uh, a client of rich paul so people are well i guess speculating that. that like rich paul's trying to get both of them out of philly because he hates the front office that much and again this is all like speculation so who knows as far as I know, Tyrese Maxey loves the city of Philly. Like, yeah, as as- and we love and we love him. Yeah. So when I see Maxey get thrown to rumors, I'm like, God damn it! You're really just trying to take away like the one good prospect that we have in the future because Curry's yeah, getting- outside of outside of Thibel, who you know is he's kind I, of. I I love. He's that like. They- go ahead. Go he, ahead. He's. I mean, wouldn't you agree? He's kind of like. Unfortunately, Matisse is what he is. Like, I don't think he's ever gonna like develop like that. Do I don't think, think can, so well, because because I he, guess Jerry and Grant right was kind of was kind of like Thibel and then he finally developed like a more like creative game. So yeah, I yeah, guess Thibel's defense really uh, oh, progressed so this year, and I think learning from a guy like Danny Green helped him exponentially. Where I saw him either take or it Covington. to the rack, yeah, and with Covington, if that trade same would thing. happen, yeah. Yeah, Covington, I think he would benefit a lot from Robert Covington, but Danny Green specifically because that's who Matisse Thibel is trying to be. He's trying to be a Danny Green who can hit corner threes, come off the wing. Um, and I think Thibel showed a lot of that. So if we keep Danny just Green a for more a couple lock, Just a more lockdown defender, you would say, yeah. right? Like somebody yeah, yeah, who yeah, could yeah. win defensive player of the year. He's, he's not going to be this defender, but not. Yeah, he's not going to be a Paul George and OKC type two-way player, but he's still going to be a quality guy that I think you could say like, all right, we can rely on him for maybe 15 to 16 or 17 maybe. Right. And he, he flashes those like explosions here or there. Um, but yeah, so I think we're both kind of set on Portland. Like I, I, I'm, I do not want to take on any Sacramento property. That's just not, that doesn't well, look yeah, good. That's, that's what I'm saying with the Halliburton thing. I don't understand the, like the love that everyone has for him. So it's like, for me, I'm like, I'm fine with healed. Yeah. Like, 
but like if you're if if it's if it's between if like if they if there was an option between Halliburton or Davion Mitchell, I would take Davion Mitchell in a heartbeat. You could you yeah. imagine how much this city would love him? Oh my, oh my god. god, he'd be a he'd be a hero, and he is bred to play in this city. Him yeah. and Maxi together. Yes. Like, are you kidding me? Can you imagine a, a starting five? It would be Ma- Curry, Maxi. You could obviously interchange those two. Thibel, Davion Mitchell, and Joel Embiid. That's it'd be a small it'd be small ball, but it, it'd be it's not like you couldn't get rebounds though. Yeah, exactly. Because that, that that entire team is getting rebounds outside of Curry. Yeah. And that's just that's just deadly, man. But um, yeah, let's wrap up on this on the Simmons stuff. Uh, instead, Minnesota. You kind of talked about Minnesota. Uh, Gerson, Gerson Rosas. <laughs> um, he is gone from Minnesota after like one year, two years on the job. Uh, uh twenty four months. Yeah, something like that. Uh, ESPN's Ramon Shelburne reporting uh that Rosas was fired. Uh, yesterday and Rosas was basically like the GM uh, of the Timberwolves took over for Tom Thibodeau uh, in like 2018, 2019, something like that. Um, and according to the report, yeah, according to the summer report, 2019, correct. Uh, according to the report, Rosas had, a, I cannot emphasize this enough, a consensual, consensual relationship with an employee um, on the team. And there were reports that uh, the owner, uh, Taylor, whatever his name is, the greedy son of a bitch who won't even talk to KG. Glenn, Glenn Taylor. Yeah, that, that douchebag. Um, he uh, was presented evidence of this relationship, and uh, that kind of accelerated the timetable for Rosas firing. Uh, and according to the ESPN's report, it was, Quote, the timing and dismissal caught players, the timing of the dismissal caught players and other members of the organization by surprise, end quote. Um, can't really say I'm surprised with this because it's the most Minnesota thing I think I've ever seen in my life. And when you're looking at Minnesota's roster, the Timberwolves don't have much outside of Edwards. Like D'Lo hasn't really stayed healthy defensively he's not going to contribute if he does it's very minimal same thing with carl anthony towns and this idea that edwards and towns are going to be the pairing of the future just kind of feels like it's already over the hill and this rosas firing just feels like minnesota's back to square one and that they can't really figure things out so where does that leave minnesota just kind of a the cleveland of basketball um and I don't even hate so much the relationship thing because to me it was like he was dating a coworker that I don't think that's anything that's really normal. I get it that maybe they were uh, the Timberwolves ownership was like really wary of it because it's like, Hey, he's got a pretty big position. Maybe he's putting us at risk. That's fine. But like, I don't think that should be. And I don't think it was the sole reason that this guy got fired. I think he was just terrible at his job and the team wasn't really going anywhere. And when I saw that, I was like, really? That's that's what's going to stick out in this report? And that kind of bothered me because to me, it was just like, he's just dating a coworker. I'm not, I don't get why that's such a big deal. But uh, Timmy, what do you think? Well, it, it, it's a big deal because even though it's consensual, it's like, um, I think there's like two ways, there's a couple ways to look at it. And it's just like, 
it's consensual now, but what's to happen to say if like something were to go wrong? And I'm, this is hypothetical. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Completely hypothetical. I'm not <laughs> throwing all at, all nationwide I'm, state farm right. throwing in all the insurance policy. You USAA. know what I'm saying? Like um that what if something did go wrong and they broke yeah. up and she broke he broke up with her, you know, or whatever. Maybe it's not a her. I don't know. And <laughs> no judgment. Um, but yeah, exactly. Like I'm just they're just covering bases there. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. it there's some jealousy or like, you know, vice versa. And he like starts stalking her or like she does the same or the, yeah. the yeah, significant yeah. other in this there's you know, and then a lot of things can it go comes out and wrong. It's like, oh, it wasn't actual consensual, and then the league has to get involved, and it's another uh, franchise that is like has to be investigated for like sexual misconduct and it's just like the last thing yeah so it wouldn't surprise me the league had something to do with this like taylor went and like a rod and then found out apparently he was gone anyway yeah they were like we're getting rid of him anyway he's been there for two like 26 months i think we said he did a couple he tried to he tried to pull off a couple big like big like trades Mm -hmm. um both of them have like blown up in or but most of the moves have blown up in his face at this point. Yeah. Uh, his first one was trading the 11th pick in Dario to the Suns. Yep. Uh, for Jarrett Culver, who was already no longer with the team because they just didn't want to give him a chance. Um, That's you know, funny. back to that whole thing that we always talk about where it's like just giving up on players too easily. Yeah. Um, that 11th pick turned out to be cam johnson who everyone's like that's a reach well who were two players that contributed greatly to the sun's run to the finals this year cam, cam johnson cam and johnson. darius Sarge. Yep. so that tells you what that you need to know about that culver's gone so all three of those players boom then he made the big swing for d'angelo russell <clears throat> granted andrew wiggins was kind of never going to go anywhere in minnesota um so it was definitely a way to make make a fresh change and get a player that their star and Carl Anthony Towns loves their best friends that hasn't really worked out. Um, you know, he retained flip Saunders or not flip Saunders, uh, flip Saunders son. And that it's yeah. never really, it never really worked. So, probably shouldn't have been a coach that early. And so, so where, where do you see like the Timberwolves moving forward? And they have Edwards, who's clearly like a scorer at minimum. Um, like Carl Anthony Towns, I feel like he's just there to like waste his career away. And D'Angelo Russell, they're probably not keeping. They, they, like we were saying earlier, they, they literally have been like one of the like top five joke franchises in all professional sports. They left since KG left. Yeah. They've made one playoff appearance since then. Originally it was supposed to be like Kevin Love and Rubio and that never panned out. Then it was Wiggins and Towns and that never panned out. And now it's Wiggins, or now it's Edwards, D'Angelo, Russell, and Towns, and that's definitely not going to work. Nope. And, you know, what are you going to get for any of those guys at this point? Edwards has the highest trade trade ability or trade um, – Value. Value, thank you. Uh, <laughs> Brain was just, just farting and, you know, there. Maybe A-Rod and this other guy that are coming in there will mm-hmm. help. But the problem with that is it's a two-year transition. Yeah. Like, Glenn Taylor is such an asshat. He, he, he's just going to keep tank. Like he is such a terrible owner. Like fucking David Kahn was the, was the GM there for how many years after he fucked up how many drafts in a row? Like there's the infamous Johnny Flynn draft where they took Flynn and Rubio back to back and passed on Seth Curry twice. 
Yeah. Like, there's just so many things that they've done wrong. Not not even that. KG just left. like he got he his own ego got in the way of selling the team to oh, KG, absolutely. your only franchise star, and you don't sell it to him because you're just you're an egomaniac. Like there's no other way. If you're even if you're a businessman, it makes more sense to sell it to KG than Alex Rodriguez. I, I, that's just the only way it it works. Because if KG comes into that building, you know there's at least an immediate shot in the arm. There's an immediate like buzz about the team. Like, oh, what's mm-hmm. KG gonna do as owner? Who's he gonna hire? Maybe he brings. Maybe there's this huge like, I don't know, like this huge reconciliation with like Marbury, and they like it's it's this new era, and Taylor just gets in his own way, and I think that's going to be the pivotal moment where it's just another twenty years of misery for Timberwolves fans. And I know we don't we talk Agreed. about like about like letting a player develop, but what good is letting a player like Anthony Edwards develop? If he's just in this wasteland of no talent, no defense, and he has to somehow find a way to be able to get this team to the playoffs. And you're not attracting big agent, big free agents there. Like you no. are, as a friend, Who like the fuck is going is to Minnesota. City, but you have to like, you have to like, they're like, it's not a city like where basketball, like it's a hockey and football city. Like, like it gets so cold in the winter there. Do they literally have fucking, like walkways like two like they're like inner tube walkways that you walk in to get from building to building because it's too cold to step outside <laughs> does that sound like a lot of nba players when they go there no nah, i don't nah, think so, not really. so you, you have to develop and hopefully like you said a rod can do that but um i don't know it just sounded like a, it was just a clusterfuck i mean yeah. he, he he started sleeping with an employee whether consensual or not then he decided to cut off his own, you know, right hand by the person who was his second in command, bar- barring them from the building. Like, yeah, that's not going to send up red flags. Like, yeah, he doesn't seem like he had a great connection with any of the players or anybody else within the organization. Like you said, he, you know, he took a bunch of big risks and mm-hmm. failed. He wasn't listening to the one guy that was supposed to be his analytics stud and this Gupta gentleman who has been – with the Sixers and the Rockets for years, it was with the Rockets for years, also the Sixers. He's also the gentleman that, I think he's a gentleman, created the NBA trade machine for ESPN, which is a very- Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, he's he's the person that created that. He's an MIT grad, very, like, you don't, why have that person on your staff if you're not yeah, going to use yeah. that resource? Because nothing about their roster construction says analytics-based. <laughs> nope, nope, not at all. Nothing about it. So I don't know. You just hope for those fans and something like it sucks. Like to have the be a fan base. It's just like you suck for that long. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So and hopefully something changes. Yeah. Hopefully something changes, but we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, now it's time to get into some football. Uh, not much, co- like not much going on, on either at the college level or NFL level, but we are going to be talking about the Eagles. Uh, it's beat Dallas week. So that's always a fun week. Um, and then we're going to be, well, well, first we're going to be talking about college football, uh, because we've got some good rivalry games. We've got Notre Dame at Wisconsin, even though it's not at Wisconsin, it's at Soldier Field, which will be a fun one. Um, we're not a rivalry and, game, but this is the big yeah, game. Yeah. It's just a, a powerhouse blue blood type rivalry, the old head to head matchup. Um, but the rivalry game I was referring to was, uh, A&M at Ar- at Arkansas, which is going to be taking place in Jerry world, which this series since taking place in the Cowboys stadium has had some uh, wild moments 
Um, and last one I wanted to talk about was LSU at Mississippi State, more so because it's like Missis- Mississippi State got fucked over on a on a bullshit call by the refs against M- Memphis, where player downed it on a punt, like touched the ball. The ref didn't blow it dead, and the Memphis player just scooped it up and took it back for a touchdown, and Memphis ended up winning. Um, <laughs> And LSU, Coach O, it's kind of looking better, but at first glance, it's like, damn, LSU does not look like they're the national champions from two years ago. But we'll we'll be covering all that first, but we'll cover all that later. The first, we're gonna be talking about Notre Dame at Wisconsin in Soldier Field because it's a top twenty top twenty matchup. Notre Dame's coming in at twelve, Wisconsin coming in at eighteen. Wisconsin at this moment, we're taping this. We're taping this on Thursday night. Uh, Wisconsin favored by five and a half, according to FanDuel. I get all my lines from FanDuel. Um, Wisconsin's favorite? Yes. What? You, you do. Have you? <laughs> I, the Toledo game didn't help Notre Dame's taste. Wisconsin couldn't even. Were, well, like, that's the Wisconsin thing with lines. Yeah, that's the thing with so, lines. It's, like, it's not so much like, oh, who's really going to win? It's more of where's the money going? And people are just hammering Wisconsin all day because they don't Wisconsin believe in Notre Dame. Had, Wisconsin was at home and they couldn't score against Penn State. And Penn State's a really good team this year. They're de- your de- the defense You're is damn great. right we are. But Auburn put up, what, 21 on 20 on you guys in your own house? And Wisconsin yes. couldn't score in their own place? True. That's true. That's fair. I'm not saying Notre Dame's world beaters. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Interrupt. <laughs> continue. No, but the, the defense is going to be like a big, big, um, big key for both teams. I mean – Notre Dame, I, when it comes to Notre Dame, I have my feelings about them. That's nothing. I'm not going to deny that, but I will look at this as objectively as possible. And you can't say that they don't have talent on both sides of the ball. And they had, they're still three and still three now, whether they had a three point win against Toledo, three point win against Florida state, and they beat Purdue by four touch, two touchdowns, not four last week. That was a defense. close game until the end, too. Yeah, exactly. Like, the defense for Notre Dame, Marcus Freeman, the defensive coordinator, is still trying to figure this thing out. I don't know what is going on. Now, Kyle Hamilton, beast. Absolute Swiss Army knife of a human being. Can fly sideline to sideline. He's, he's top insane. Five pick and then top five pick in next year's ref. Yeah, and as a safety, you, you rarely see that. But with Notre Dame, they still got to figure something out because they, they allowed 57 rushing yards, but that was to Purdue. Wisconsin averages 260 yards on the ground per game so far this season. That's something that Notre Dame has to figure out. And I think that's a hole that's going to be exposed by Wisconsin. Now can Jack 57, not 57 rushing yards for a whole game is not bad at all. No, I'm not saying that's bad at all, but against Purdue, that's different than Wisconsin because Purdue, I want to say Purdue was averaging less than a hundred rushing yards per game. My point is that like Purdue likes to throw it through the air. Whereas Wisconsin likes to run it on the ground. Right. So 57 rushing yards against a team that likes to throw it through the air. Is that going to be this? Are you really going to see Notre Dame hold the rushing game that low? Probably not. Chances are probably not. So it's more about like damage control, in my opinion. So with Wisconsin, it's like they have a great defense. The offense needs tweaks, obviously, because Graham Mertz looks like, oh, he does not look like a good quarterback. Um, <laughs> And, and who was their quarterback for Graham Mertz? Oh, he plays for the other team. Oh, that guy. Guy 
popped his finger back into place to throw a touchdown against. No, that was baller. You can't deny. No, that. I'm not. <laughs> I'm all for it. That was the moment I was like, all right, I'll be a Notre Dame fan for this play. Jack Cohn popping his finger back in classic football football guy move. Um, I the line is tough. Wisconsin minus five and a half is tough. I I would still take Notre Dame because I feel like this is one of those games where there's going to be people are going to be doubting Notre Dame to hold up. Um, and then they'll just come in, respond, take care of business. And Graham Mertz is just going to fall flat, flat on his face into a pile of shit. So Timmy, I pass the floor to you as the Notre Dame fan. <laughs> um, no. So it, it, it's very sketchy. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, that Toledo game for whatever was worth is whatever. Um, like I said, Purdue last week, they, you know, through the three games this year, here's the thing I'll say about Notre Dame. They had these stretches where it's like, holy shit, our offense looks unstoppable and our defense is literally flying all over the field. And we're just a bunch of ridiculous athletes that are just like chasing and swarming and everything down. Mm -hmm. Um, And then disappears. So the Florida state game is I blame completely on the idea that it was a little kind of back and forth. Then they mm-hmm. went up, and then they kind of went up for good. And then when it was 38-17, the offense had been cruising. The defense literally had just, like, forced, like, four, four or five straight three and outs from, like, the second quarter on. And then Freeman decided, I'm just going to go with three down linemen and prevent big plays. Yeah. And then, so what did Florida State smartly do? Okay, well, we're just going to start running draw plays up the, you know, and, you know, screen passes, and we're just going to get, you know, seven to 10 yards a chunk. Yeah, if you're going to give us all this grass, we'll take advantage of it. And he never adjusted. He kept doing it. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing? So through three games, here's my assessment of Marcus Freeman. He's a phenomenal recruiter because our recruiting classes. Very good, very good. Like since he came in, they've gotten like at least three or like two or three five stars like eight, four star, like high end four, like he's killing it. Yeah. But that doesn't need, first of all, that doesn't always produce results and it definitely doesn't help produce results now. Yeah. We have talent. Like I said, Kyle Hamilton is a top five pick in this draft next year. Yeah. I, I literally, I'm telling, put, that's it, not me being a Notre Dame fan. That's me looking at a football game and knowing <laughs> talent when I see it. The yeah. kid is a stud. He's been a stud since day one. That's it. Yeah. But, it's not like we don't have talent. Our linebacking core, while it might be two white boys, they're good. They're fucking good, man. They're they, they, they know good... they know how to t- they know how to tackle. They know how to, you know they they can they they their weak one weakness might be pass coverage, but that's mm-hmm. okay. Our secondary is eh, it's young, but we still have a bunch of talent on the line, and yeah. we 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 still have uh, Isaac Foskey and um, the. Oh my God! I can't think of how you pronounce their name, but they're they're, they're they're the twins, and they're from New Jersey, and they're both really really good. And then you have Kirk Heinish, who's like a nose, who's like just a one of those gritty nose tackles. There's plenty of talent, and yeah. when they when they really are going, it's like boom! Like they literally shut down Florida State, and that Toledo game they were shutting down them too. So you can sit there, and someone can be like, "Well, Wisconsin's like one of the best rushing offenses there is." And they gave up 200 plus yards for Florida State. Okay, I get that. But a lot of that has to be taken with a grain of salt, like I said. 
from the fact that a lot of that came after ND went into that dumb shit three down lineman for run defense and yeah. never fucking adjust it. And they're lucky they got out of Tallahassee with the win against what is turning out to be a pretty dog shit Florida State. <laughs> FSU is and not looking good right now. Toledo doesn't look too good either because they just fucking lost to Colorado State last week, who nice. lost to Vanderbilt the week yeah. before. Vandy, who hadn't won a game, and I can't tell you how long, and it's even worse. <laughs> I don't think they've won a game since Jake Cutler was a quarterback, and James Fraggle was on the sidelines well, for him. No, they, they that was a that was their first win in two years. So this said, oh, God, Purdue might be the best of the three teams they've played so far, and it oh, might yeah. have been the most complete game that Notre Dame played, start to finish ish. Mm-hmm. The problem is there will be series where Jack Cohn is like sweet; he looks awesome. And then there's series where it's like, yeah, this is why he was the quarterback for Wisconsin because they don't ever have star quarterbacks outside of Russell yeah. Wilson for that one year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, 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 that the, 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 that said, the other problem is he keys on on Michael Mayer way too much. Now, Michael Mayer, who they call Baby Gronk, yeah. is a fin- he's the best tight end in every, Division One. Every every college team has a baby has Gronk. Baby Gronk, but Mayer is. In my opinion, the best tight end in college football. Now that Kyle Pitts is gone, oh yeah, and yeah, he's yeah. a stud. But Definitely. Cone will keen on him, and he doesn't need to because we have other receivers like Kevin mm. Austin and Braden Lindsey that are just as good that he can get the ball to. That you know, and they, we have other people that you can they can take the top off of. Even even um, Kyron even Kyron Williams coming out yeah, of the backfield. Kyron Williams and the and exactly and then. Um, Joe Wilkins is another one. Like I said, you, like you said, you can get Kyron Williams open in the backfield, and he's he. Kyron Williams is a top five running back. He's what saved yeah. our asses last week. Yeah, I mean he is a stud. And then you also have Chris Tyree, who is like the ultimate scat back. I mean that kid is so goddamn fast. It's not even like you 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 can see it like an instant when he gets an open field. It is scary. And Avery so, Davis is the other receiver that we so have. So do you, do you have a score prediction for this game? So noon game, it's, In, at, Soldiers, it's at Soldier Field where yeah. people are like, oh, Wisconsin. No, you don't know have any goddamn Notre Dame alums live in the Chicago area. Oh, my God. Chicago's a Notre Dame town. Chicago's it's going to be all – it's going to be – 70 30 it's going to be mostly nerdy fans that is yeah that yeah, yeah. is like saying penn state like philadelphia is a penn state town you yeah. know what i mean like it, it's just it's it just it is what it is yeah people are willing to travel either from south bend to chicago for this game or people and it's not that far of a drive either i think it's only like two hours at most yeah. nothing nothing really crazy it definitely i think it's definitely further to go from uh madison wisconsin <laughs> oh yeah um, so I I wouldn't be surprised if they lose. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they come out and shit the bed, like classic yeah. Brian Kelly style. I don't see them blowing them out. It would be mm-hmm. nice if they did, but I think it's going to be. I think we're probably in for a pretty good back and forth game, and yeah. I I'd say Notre Dame wins um, 27-24. Oh, that's a good one. Actually, that's a good 27-21. 20, I'm going to take 27-21. That's fair. I'm going to take – you know what? I'll take Wisconsin for the upset just to be different. Um, and I think that that defense is so good that it, it can really create some havoc on the other on the other end and maybe score some points on like a pick six or fumble recover for a touchdown. And I think Graham Mertz 
when his back against the wall, I feel like this is when he's going to step up and be at his best. Uh, even though I just said he he has not looked good. I'm going to bet on the future. I'm going to bet on the trajectory, as Mel Kuyper would say. And I'm going to take the trajectory of, of the future, and I'm going to take Wisconsin. I think it's going to be slugfest. I think it's going to be – I'm going to take 20, 20 to 16. 20 to 16, Wisconsin. I think it's going to be a, a slugfest uh, going into that one. I'm not going to cover the LSU-Mississippi State because I realize that's just pointless. And we're kind of – you know, I want to be efficient with time here. Um, and that game doesn't really matter. Uh, so other game that we're going to be covering, and I'm not covering Penn State and Villanova because whatever the line is on that one, just hammer it. Just hammer it um, in favor of Penn State. Uh, number seven, Texas A&M favored by four and a half points in AT&T Stadium against Wisconsin. Against Wisconsin, goddamn. Against <laughs> Arkansas. Against Arkansas, who's ranked number 16 in the country. Um, and a little stat that I've... I, did some did some digging and in the seven games that this series has been played in Jerry world five have been decided by single digits and three of those games have gone into overtime which is kind of weird you would think that AM would just be blown when did they out. start when did they start playing this game in Jerry world like 2014 uh, yeah like ever since 2011 ever since they, even before that uh, like 2011 came, 2012 2012 when, or 2011 because they played the year before AM got back to the conference yes correct correct because they're old southwest conference rivals so that's why it's called the yeah. southwest classic yeah, yeah yeah um so that was kind of a weird stat for me i'm not gonna put much stock into arkansas just because i feel like this is where the gap in talent you see it and arkansas can put up points but i don't think they're gonna be able to stop an AM offense whether they have haynes king or not um and with a and I think this is where, like, Jimbo Fisher is really going to step up and just, you know, put on a coaching clinic. So I'm, I'm not much for me. Um, I'm just going to take Arkansas – or not Arkansas. God damn it. My head is so I – I did a Starbucks double shot drink, and now my head is just like <laughs> – my head is just on, like, steroids right now. Um, I'm going to take A&M. Four and a half points, I think that's a little generous. I think it's – if you're going off of money uh, spread – I take Arkansas just because I think it's going to be a slugfest or not slugfest. It's going to be a shootout, but it's going to be a close one. Uh, but I'm going to take A&M 35, 35 points is a lot though. I'm going to take A&M 30 to 27, 30 to 27. I'll take A&M. What do you think about this game? So I watched A&M a couple of weeks ago because uh, Colorado uh -huh. had them on the ropes. Yeah. And let me tell you right now, Colorado is not a really good football team. They their quarterback is hot garbage i don't know how he's their quarterback but he sucks yep. and they had him on the ropes for basically like until like 10 to like eight minutes left in the fourth quarter and mm -hmm. then a&m finally scored and that was that so that said uh is hayes king playing or no, is the he's, backup gonna, playing? he's gonna be out for a while oh so yeah so their backup suck just as much as colorado's quarterback <laughs> He had some heart. Then again, that said, I, I'm not sitting here and saying because Arkansas fucking went and stomped out Texas. Yeah. Like, it's the annual Texas is back. Second game of the hook year. Em, hook oh, them Longhorns. They just got destroyed by somebody else. Ah. Uh, it's a disgrace that they're any, that they're bad. but um, And that they're joining the SEC thinking that they can hang with that conference. I know, right? Um, that said... Like I said, like I sent you that video, right? The SEC short thing, where it's like yeah, I Texas trying to get yet. out. Uh, yeah, 
I recommend anyone go watch that after Arkansas obliterated Texas a couple weeks ago. Uh, oh, wait, yeah, YouTube, that one I did watch. Yeah, yeah, I know. There's this YouTube video or YouTube profile. It's called SEC Shorts. And it's like a joke of like Texas trying to sneak into the SEC's <laughs> offices to tear up their contracts saying they're joining and they're going to stay <laughs> in the Big 12. Um, so that said, I don't buy the AM hype. Like if they had a quarterback, yes, because yeah. they definitely had the better athletes. And, and what's his name? He's done a great, you know, he's Jimbo Fisher's a great, great recruiter. Mm-hmm. Um, if they still have Kellen Mond, I'd say absolutely. Yeah. Uh, they're most likely going to win, but it wouldn't shock me if they're still playing that shitty-ass quarterback if Arkansas comes in there and this Sam Pittman guy apparently is like a big, is like a big, big, big-time motivator guy. He had a lot to do with that 2018 Georgia team that lost uh, on the Tua to Devontae pass. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he's – there's a lot of people that like say he's just like a football guy like Ed Rogeron. Uh, so, you know, while Texas I don't think is, like, great, for Arkansas to do what they did to him means they got to have some sort of semblance of talent, right? Yeah, there's promise um, there. Right. Like, and it's like they had to have be getting some sort of recruit. So, I don't know. You know, hopefully it's just get a good game, you know. In Jerry's world, these two are old rivals. I will say that uh, Texas A&M has won the last nine meetings. So, Arkansas has yeah. got to break the snide, snide at some point, right? You know, yeah. granted, I understand why they're not, you know, because that comes with a head coaching, like, triumphant of, like, Brett Bielema. It was, like, Petrino, then Bielema, yeah. then uh, freaking uh, Chad Morris, and now it's this guy. So, at some point, they got to break it. So, why not? This year, what you say the line was? Uh, Texas A&M by four and a half. Well, if anything, Arkansas covers, but screw it. I'll go with Arkansas for the upset. All right. I like it. I like it. We're being different on this podcast, and that's better than just being brainwashed. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's our picks for this weekend, That the games that we wanted to cover, because we're not going to sit here and pretend like, oh, Nebraska-Michigan State. Oh, my God, what a great game. We're not going to do that. Um, so Fuck Mel Tucker. Fuck Mel Tucker. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I like him. Michigan State's a better program. That you'd rather be in East Lansing than Colorado. Get the fuck out of here. Hey, I'm not. I respect them. I respect them for turning around Michigan State so soon. But anyway, anyway, uh, NFL slate. We got a few games to cover. We're going to be covering Eagles Cowboys because it's a big rivalry one. We'll end the show with that one. Um, but first, Bears at Browns. Justin Fields' first start in the NFL, which will be really exciting to see. Browns with a 71 percent chance, according to ESPN's FBI predictions prediction thingy um but cleveland is still dealing with some injuries now again this could all completely change all these players could be playing through these injuries but Jadavion clowny uh owusu caro car jok because i'm not even going to try jeremiah Rusu koromora yeah sure Kormoa. okay yeah of course nd <laughs> jack conklin and jc treader are all listed as questionable going into this game Odell Beckham was was a full participant in practice this week, and Jarvis Landry is on the IR. So Browns are dealing with some injuries on the offensive side, and well, both sides of the ball, really. Granted, will that matter against uh, Chicago? I don't think so because, granted, just this is Justin Fields' first start, and I know expectations are really high. I'm pulling for Chicago because if if the Eagles, when the Eagles really more likely will drop out of the playoff race, I'm going to be pulling for Chicago. I love Chicago as a city. Um, and I'm going to be pulling for the bears. Uh, 
but I just don't think the Bears are going to be able to put up points. And Cleveland is just going to light up the scoreboard some way with Chunt. And um, I, I just don't – I think this is like a really really a lack of talent on the offensive side more than anything else. And Chicago's defense, it's, it's iffy. It's iffy. It's declining since they had that great 2017-2018 seasons. Um, and I just – I'm not sold on them outscoring Cleveland. So – I'm going to take Chicago or take Cleveland. God damn it. My brain is fucked up. Chicago <laughs> or Cleveland. Cleveland is favored by seven and a half. I would take that. I think it's going to be like a 10 point win. Um, so I'm going to take Cleveland like 30 to 20. I think that's fair. 30 to 20. So Timmy, what do you think about this game? Yeah, I, I, you know, I was never a big Justin Fields. Like I think that Ohio state offense is very gimmicky. It's, mm-hmm. it's very similar, I feel like, to like an Oregon quarterback or uh, Oklahoma State quarterback. Yeah. Uh, or West Virginia, for that matter. Back yeah. in the day when what's-his-name was there uh, at Dana Holgerson. Um, so, I never really bought the Fields thing. I, I like, you know, look at Dwayne Haskins. Everyone's like, oh, you, that was going to be a steal for the Redskins. Washington football hey, team. My hey, apologies. hey, not the Redskins anymore. Um. And they, uh, and you know, look at him now. He, you know, backing up Ben Roethlisberger. He can't even get onto the field with Big Ben. You can't throw the ball more than five yards when he's got probably the greatest. Connect back to Justin Fields. I'm saying, I'm saying. So, like, look at that. They were all about like him, and it's just like. Oh, so you're not sold on the field type. Yeah, I just don't like. I like, like. Yeah, I think he's a phenomenal athlete, but like, I'm not saying like he's gonna suck. But I'm saying like just don't expect it. He, he might need a year or two to grow. Oh yeah. He probably sure. has way more talent than Dwayne Haskins. That's for sure. But at the same time, it's like, he needs room to grow most likely. And um, it's not like the, the bears don't have talent on this team. You know, they got David Montgomery, Cole commits a nice young tight end. Don't forget um, about Allen you know, Robinson. I, I, getting, I was just going to say Allen Robinson um, they got a couple other nice little young receivers. Um, Allen Robinson is probably the most underrated receiver in the NFL, in my opinion. Agreed. Um, and that's coming from someone who's not a big Penn State guy. So take that. For I, hey, if, if, if it's if he can make Blake Bortles look good in Jacksonville, mm-hmm. then he's a pretty no, impressive no, no. receiver. If he can make Christian McCaffrey look good his freshman year, that's <laughs> all you need to know. Or not Christian, Christian Hackenberg. Yeah, Hackenberg. That's who it was. I, sorry, for, I haven't sorry. heard that name in a minute. Um, um, but yeah, who said, prediction? Uh, yeah, I think Cleveland, even they're missing those parts. Like, I just don't see Fields lighting them up unless mm-hmm. they just run the ball down their throat and, like, complete a couple passes. I think yeah. the, the the war has worn off Matt Nagy as this, like, offensive genius. Yeah. And um, so, you know, yes, Landry might be gone for a couple weeks. And who knows what you're going to get from Benjamin. But they, the, the, like you said, they have the chunt, one-two wrecking ball. And yeah. they have three really good tight ends. Very they tough. have Austin Hooper and Joku and uh, Harrison Bryant. So just yeah. run double tight end packages and just just do that. You yeah. know, like I don't get why people don't, like, when you are not connecting with your wide receivers – why don't people go back and look at the 2011 Patriots and see what they did with Hernandez and Gronkowski? I just mm-hmm. don't understand it. Yeah. They, like, if you have that talent, do it. So yeah. between, between the combination of Hunt and uh, Nick Chubb and then the three tight ends and, you know, they got other solid 
receivers, Donovan People Jones, a couple mm-hmm. other guys. Uh, yeah, this is this is in Cleveland too, right? Yeah, in Cleveland, uh, Browns favored by seven and a half. Yeah, Browns got this. By score, you got uh, a score for it. Uh, they're covering. I, 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 I'd say twenty-eight to to ten. All right, that's pretty fair. Uh, next I like one. Baker. Too. I like what Baker's look like too. Yeah, he's he's looked really good since the end of last season in the playoffs, and he's he looked great that week one. Last, he's really grown into it. Did you see that? Um, there was a mic'd up segment with Baker from last week against Houston, where he like popped his shoulder out of place, and they like popped it back in. Well, it's and, not fun. Let me tell you, I've been there. So they didn't show that, but what they did show was like him walking on the sidelines, and his teammates asked him, "Hey, you fine?" and he was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm going to go back in. And the next play, he, like, hands it off. He's trying to block for his running back who's coming around him, and he just throws the defensive back down with, like, one arm. And you just hear Baker just he's, go, yeah, I yeah. just destroyed him with one arm. Like, I just yeah. – I love Baker as a person. He's talent. a baller, man. How can you not like him? Yeah. Like he's just – you know he's going out there and fighting for you. And I don't care what anyone says. Those commercials are fucking hysterical. I laugh they're, at every single they're one. Get, they're getting better. Like – like the the yard sale one, the guy's oh like, these my, my shoulder pads. He's like, have you seen? It can be make me a good offer. <laughs> have you seen the new one where um, he's talking with like the moms, and he's like, he's like watering the plants outside the stadium. Oh yeah, and they're like, they're 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 putting them back in karate lessons or whatever again. <laughs> again, <laughs> he's, oh he he's, he does it perfectly. Like it's, it's so, so fun. It's so and the, good. the the fondue one with like the library book and they're like oh he hasn't been she hasn't been here in three weeks let's kick her out <laughs> yeah, he exactly. he gets it and I think he's like finally found the balance yeah, no I I'm a I'm full Baker supporter yeah he's found the balance between dickhead and clown so yeah that, that's where the, those were the two extremes but uh plus anyone to- that plants the flag in Ohio State's field to piss them off I'm all for <laughs> uh same thing with me Kansas City hosting the Chargers one of the more important games, I think, early as both teams are coming off tough losses. Uh, Chargers. I think this will be one of the two best games of the the week, personally. Agreed. Agreed. I think this is going to be a rivalry offensive showdown, offensive showdown, divisional rivalry. Um, And who knows, like Tyreek Hill was not very effective. He had less than 50 yards last week. And will the Chargers do the same thing that they have Derwin James in that backfield they have some great corners and you know that you know the bosa joey bosa i think um whichever one (laughs) he's gonna be getting after patrick mahomes it's tough for me to say like bet against kansas city because kansas city's favored by six and a half going into this one but i i have something i have a feeling about this chargers team where i'm thinking like air bear maybe just air bear and keenan allen just take over this one and somehow pull off a win in um in Kansas City in Arrowhead and there were moments in that Kansas City was it the Kansas City um it wasn't Baltimore it was against it was their opener how do I Browns. already forget who did it the Browns. Yeah, the against Browns. Cleveland saying, yeah, yeah yeah there were moments in the red zone inside the five yard line Andy Reid's calling trick play formations with Kelsey and Tyree Kill in the backfield taking the snap and Patrick Holmes is like the tailback and that's it's not like I'm not going to be one of those fans that's like oh there goes Andy Reid fucking up again I think it's just more of like a a trend of how he calls games and I think that's going to come back to bite them in the ass as it did against Baltimore a couple of times there were play calls there that could have should have been changed but 
with against the Chargers, I think they're that defense is much better than people give it credit for. And it's not just the Air Bear, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler show. So I think Mike Williams, Mike Williams has been a stud this year, too. Mike Williams He's finally coming on. Yeah, Mike agreed. Williams has had a really two really good games. And I think people forget how good he was at Clemson. Like he was, he was just, so good at Clemson. So good. He was it, so good. And that he's, Sammy he's Watkins. The, he's part of the reason they won that Washington that national title. Yeah, exactly. The, the, some of the catches he made on that that game winning drive, mm-hmm. unbelievable. Exactly. So I'm I'm gonna take the Chargers. I'm gonna pick the underdog plus six and a half. I think that's it's gonna be really close. Um to cover. I'm gonna no fuck it. I'll just pick them outright. Chargers are gonna win. Uh, I think it's gonna be a shootout similar to what we saw Sunday night with Kansas City and Baltimore. And I think it's going to be something wild. Like it's going to be like 40 to, to like 37 chargers. Like it's going to be something crazy like that. But uh, what do you think about this game? I love this game. I, you know, there, there's just like a beauty to watch Patrick Mahomes play the game of football. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Justin, Herbert, Justin uh, Herbert is like. Herbert. He's I love like, him. I love him. He's man. getting up there too, man. He throws the ball so effortlessly and it's such a pretty motion. And he's just got a cannon attached to his right arm. It's and insane. it's just like – and Keenan Allen I've always loved from, you know, day one. Like I said, mm. I like Mike Williams. Austin Eckler is a fun guy to watch. Derwin James I wish was an eagle so bad. Like, he's oh a stud. Um, you know, they got they got Joey Bosa. You know, they, they got a couple other guys on that line, linebackers. Uh, they got Jerry Tillery, who's an XND player, who's pretty mm. good. Um. The Chargers, I've always been a Chargers guy. I've been a Chargers guy since the LT days, since the Junior Sayout days, RIP. Um, RIP Junior. And, you know, it's just one of those those other teams that I've always kind of liked, had, had, a, had an affinity for. And I, um, yeah, I agree with you. It's going to be a fun game. I can't wait for this game. I'm glad we get to watch it, that the, the birds are a Monday night game, so we can kind of enjoy a couple of these other games. Um, so, yeah, I I'm wish be the, sitting in I wish the Rams – I wish the Rams. I know it's gonna. It's gonna. We'll ruin talk about that later. But keep going. Keep going. Um, I wish the Rams and Bucks were like a Sunday, the Sunday night game, so we could appreciate oh that. Yeah. Because I think that's gonna be better than Green Bay San Fran. But I like. Yeah. Who knows? Both Maybe LA see... teams. Both both LA teams. I love. Like yeah. I, the Rams this year are so fun to watch. Fucking free Matthew Stafford finally, yeah. and he yeah. just looks. He at that team. He just looks so much relieved. Cooper Cup freaking might break a, some sort of receiving record this year with the games he's having already. Sorry, mm-hmm. I'm di- I digress. I digress. <laughs> um, I think the Chiefs, the, the biggest problem with the Chiefs is they toy with teams and yeah. they take their foot on and off the gas knowing full well what's going on. And here's the thing. You and I talked about this last week and I agree. Like, I think we both kind of have like, we put our, our, our stance together. Everyone's like, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, how the fuck you had one job? And it's like, well, here's the thing. They took Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the first round last year. Yep. And nothing they do in their scheme sets him up for success. Mm-hmm. It's like, pass, 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 pass. Oh, here, we're going to run you, and we don't know how to fucking run block for shit. Yeah. And, I, and you're right, though. It's a new line. They're trying to gel. They're trying to get every, That's true. But, like, Andy Reid used to make a living off of taking these, like, smaller but like more versatile like switchblade backs like mm-hmm. ryan westbrook and deuce and corral ball Calter, even though big buck was a little bit bigger yeah and, and LaShawn um, mccoy and LaShawn mccoy 
and and turning Brian Mitchell in his later days and yeah. and running offenses around them off of creative zone zone blocking run plays and like always knowing when to hit that screen play for yeah. a fucking big 50 yard gain or a touchdown. And yeah. I don't ever see him do that anymore with this team. Neither like, do I. Edward Solaire is the perfect screen running back. And I like it's just like, and then you set him up for failure. Your lines are not blocked. He had what like he had no chance there. Even if he didn't fumble that ball, it's still a five-yard loss. And everyone's like, oh, Edwards Hilaire sucks. No, he's been set up to fail. And when they, they do run, run screens, scheme is their run scheme is terrible. It's yes, terrible. Agreed. And when they do run screens, it's always like a Kelsey or Tyree Kill bubble Tyree screen. Kill and I'm thing. like, you don't yeah. have to do that. You don't have to do that. Just throw it to you the guy. You gotta get the running back involved. You gotta have some semblance of a run game. Yeah. And I just, I just don't understand it. Like, and so, do you uh, think Kansas City wins or Kansas City? I think will win, but doesn't don't like, don't count the Chargers out. The Chargers are still making the playoffs. Yeah, it's just, it's just an unfortunate first player. They got fucked last week. Those refs did everything in their power to fuck them so the Cowboys could win. It was that was the worst, one of the worst officiated games I've yeah. seen all weekend outside of the Penn State Auburn game. What was it like? Twenty-two penalties. It was atrocious. Every fucking time the Chargers had a good play, oh, they did this or they did that. It was <laughs> a joke. It was an absolute fucking joke. Um, that said, whoever loses this game, they'll be fine. Yeah. The, the AFC and NFC West are the two best divisions in 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 the league. But I believe the Chargers will still be fine. They have plenty of firepower. They 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 will be good. Yeah. Um. It might be easier for the Chiefs to fall in the hole and get going again. Yeah. But I just don't think the Chiefs at Arrowhead lose this game. Um. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be a close one. Remember, this is last year. This is where Justin uh, uh, Herbert had his coming out party, where he had to yeah. start because that doctor may or may not have purposely injured Tyrod. <laughs> I mean, it's I, I want to know that like conversation where I, he, he like punctured the wrong lung and, and was like, Tyra, "Oh, I missed that Tyra one." Taylor, he was he finally got a team. He was looking good, and then boom, another like karma gets him. Like he either did something terrible earlier in his life, or he's just got the worst luck ever. I think he's just got the worst luck ever. But now he's I balling with Houston. That's no, that's what I'm saying. He got injured already. Wait again? Wait what? He got injured last week. That's why fucking Davis Mills is playing. Oh my God! Oh yeah, that's right. Because they were conversation if they were gonna if the Texans were gonna activate Watson or not. Um, yeah. So I think the Chiefs win, but I think, like you said, it's a close game, lots of points. Let's say uh, thirty-eight to uh, thirty-five. That's fair. They, lose, they win on a last-minute Harrison Bucker field goal. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, I thought you said twenty-five for a second. Um, all right. So Tampa Bay at. Uh, at LA, the Rams hosting the Bucks, two of the early contenders for um, NFC Championship like matchups, uh, previews, whatever you know the whole thing. The sports writers are going to throw out there. Um, Antonio Brown is out on COVID list as of recording this. JPP is questionable. Jason Pierre-Paul, the three-fingered death machine. Um, I with Tampa. I can't believe he's still playing. He's so fucking. He almost looks not better than the three he did fingers, in. just because I feel like he's been that he's been in the league since I was like in college. Because he probably was. <laughs> that's probably yeah, he, why. That's probably why it feels that way. Um, but yeah, this this matchup I'm really excited for. And 
with the Bucks, like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to bet against Brady. And the spread is very tight. That's what she said. Uh, Bucks minus one and a half at LA as of recording this. I almost want to stay away from the spread. If I would go like money line on this one. And I don't like the Rams are good. I just have a feeling this is one of those times where Tom Brady knows more than the coach himself. And I, I can't, I can't do it in my heart. Like pick against Brady. Like I just can't do it as much as I hate to say it. And I, I'm just appreciating Tom Brady's greatness at this point. I'm just going to take Tampa Bay. They still got plenty of weapons. That defense is still very good. I still think it's going to be a shootout. Um, not necessarily like we will see in Kansas city and the chargers, but I do think it's going to be a, a high scoring affair. And with the Rams, I think this will be an early obstacle that they have to overcome and bounce back from the next week. So I'm, I'm going to take Tampa Bay in this one, just outright and money line. I'd go money line. I wouldn't even touch the spread. I'm going Rams. It's in LA. Really? Uh, I think that, um, uh, Tampa Bay's defense has been way shittier than the Rams. The Rams defense at least can get stops when they need to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that this is just like one of those games where everyone's like, oh, it's Tampa and everyone else that they go in there and they not shit the bed, but LA takes it personal. McVay gets them up and McVay's like, you know what? You took a Super Bowl for me. Fuck you, Brady. Here's my, <laughs> here's my team with my quarterback who can actually throw a pass and I don't have to babysit them. And they just absolutely laid up that Tampa Bay secondary. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on the Rams. Uh, I think they finally got a little bit of the semblance of a running game. They, they were mm-hmm. worried that they lost Cam makers, but Daryl Henderson's looked pretty good. Tony Michelle's look, uh, he might be injured now, but Tony Michelle looked good last week. He did See, look what happens good. when he's on a team that knows how to run a fucking scheme for him. Um, so he's looked good. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all, I'm all in on the Rams, uh, Stafford, Cooper Cup, Woods, Higby, you know, give him mm. give it, Van Jefferson, give it all to me. Uh, I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be a little bit another one that's very high scoring, but uh, I can see the Rams winning this by, uh, you know, I could uh, one or two possessions. I could, I could see like a, uh, you know, yeah, do, you, do you have 40, a score in mind? 40, 42 to 30, maybe. Like, yeah, uh, I think, I think, I think they could pick off Brady a couple times. And really? I know Antonio Brown isn't their best like receiver but now that he's not there that's one less guy they have to worry about they don't throw to gronk unless they're within the 20 yard line so take that away and mike evans has been surprisingly quiet too well he had a good game last week so it's like so then it's like yeah so if brown gone you can focus on evans and godwin right Mm -hmm. and then you have you have you have gronk but they really haven't thrown to him outside of inside the 20 or yard line or less yeah. So then it's like, all right, fine. Even if you do, like he can't run like mm-hmm. he used to. So yeah. you game plan that way, right? Okay, and you can you can kind of limit it that 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 to that degree. And they haven't run the ball for dick. Yeah, like they can't get a running game going. Same thing and, as last year. And you're never going to get a running game going. I'm sorry, you're you're if you can't get it going, the week you get it going is not going to be the week you play Aaron Donald, my friend. It's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> see that's so, fair but I, I just i cannot do it against tom brady i he's I gonna be fired I up I, I i see i see either a uh i i can see a um jalen ramsey interception maybe a, an aaron Donald sack or two or at least yeah. he creates a sack or two from somebody else i say, that's fair. I, say the Ram- 
I say the Rams got this one. I, I, I'm going to stick with Bucks. I think it's going to be like 32. Good, we, we, we go opposite ways. 32 27. I know. First time I feel like ever. We were 80 episodes in or whatever. And now we finally disagree <laughs> on some things. Um, Packers at 49ers rounds out the Sunday slate. Uh, Sunday night football. 49ers are favored by three at this moment. Um, and with the Packers, like, the first half of the Lions game, it was like, oh, shit, what's going on with, you know, Green Bay and what's happening with this offense? And then they were just like, oh, fuck it. We were playing now. Let's just go. Free ahead. Aaron Jones. Free Aaron Jones. <laughs> Hashtag free Aaron Jones. Um, you see, he's got his chain back with his dad's ashes. Oh, good. He did find that. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one of the – there was a video on Twitter that started circulating. It was like one of the – I think it was the head trainer was like on the field at like 2 in the morning because he just like – couldn't sleep until like he found the chain in the end zone so that was a good story feel good story of the week um but the 49ers it feels like they're just doing the same thing that they've done since like their super bowl year which is like play action with jimmy garoppolo not necessarily taking many risks so i think we're going to see trey lance in this one more just because they're going up against aaron Rodgers. How did we not win last week? How did we not win last week? <laughs> Here's um, why. Here's why. If we we'll, if you just want to go straight to the Eagles, we'll do the picks on this game. Sorry. We'll just skip over. No, yeah. we'll skip over this one because clearly we got to get some stuff off our chest about the Eagles. Packers at 49ers. I got the Packers. Aaron Rodgers is all I need to know. 33 yeah. to 20, 33 to 20 Packers in this one. What do you what do you I think? I think the about Packers go go in there and, and disavow them again. All right. I, I think I think I think they continue it. They, you know, they they hey, give Aaron Jones the ball. Get I think this will be a big Devontae Adams game, too. Agreed. Um, so yeah, we're we're all on the same page there. And so now we get to the main course, which is Eagles at Cowboys on Monday night football, which it's it looked a lot different. It would have looked a lot different just a couple of weeks ago. No Brandon Brooks with a pec injury. Timeline is saying Mike Garofolo, Garofolo. Um, he's saying about out. He uh, Wow, wow, I cannot function today. Eight weeks, right? Eight weeks is about the recovery timetable for Brandon Brooks with the pec injury. Brandon Graham done for the year with an Achilles injury. Zach Ertz is out on COVID list as of this moment. And Amari Cooper is questionable with an injury, with a rib injury. He was a limited participant in practice so timmy do you want to talk about last week against san fran i mean it's a tale of two halves like and you know not to beat a dead horse but it came it comes down to that goal line thing it all was that goal line thing like he got too cute he tried to be fucking funny instead of just running the ball up the gut and this is the same thing i was saying with like the chiefs you have this that like i'm looking at you know the 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 the, the sharps football thing, mm-hmm. and we have run a set with only one wide receiver, and uh, a twenty-two set, which is one wide receiver, and uh, as a back two? and a tight end. Yeah, and we've only as, as the Eagles this year so far have only run it one percent of the time for eight plays. Okay, a hundred percent successful. We have one of the better running backs in the league. You need to establish a run. If you I, go I back agree. to the year we won the Super Bowl, it wasn't just Nick Foles. Like this, this, this mythology has been built up. Like, yes, Nick Foles was great, but Nick mm-hmm. Foles didn't throw 90 passes that game. 
Blunt broke off a big run. You know, Corey Clement played a big role. Like, everyone on that team played an important role. And, uh, what's it called? Um, Joel Ajayi. Like, everyone played a big role. (laughs) Jay Ajayi, yeah, sorry. (laughs) I'm thinking of the basketball player. Uh, They all played a big role. You need to run in the NFL. It's always been that way. Even yeah. when the league has gotten way too more into passing, it has still always been you need to run to have some semblance of, you know, uh, you, you have to have some, like, To balance. be competitive, you need of, to be – Yes. Yeah, you have to have balance your offense. Because if you're just – like, even if, like, you're just running the ball 24-7, okay, then they just need to stack the box and then your computer can – Yeah. Can't, and then if they know you're going to just throw the ball the whole time, they're just going to go into – uh, cover two or like dime packages and that's mm. that so yeah. you need to be able to mix it up run it for the shotgun do this do that and so far i don't think our run game has been that good so it, it's been suspect at best here's the way i've been lying to myself and trying to like calm down my depression about this team is i've told myself that this is a reality check where Nick Sirianni is a first-time head coach. He's, he's going to go through growing pains just like Jalen Hurts will, just like any other young player will. He's still figuring out how to be a head coach and make the right play calls. And keep in mind, he didn't really get to make play calls in Indianapolis with Frank Wright. Right. That was his job title, offense coordinator, whatever. But he still didn't really get to make take control of the offense for most of the season, at least. So as much as it sucks, you got to live and learn and – I give him credit for being flat out with himself, being straight up honest with himself and with the media in the press conference saying, I got to be better as a coach. And that's something that you wouldn't really hear last year um, from this team. It felt like they they were always just like, oh, that happens. That's the NFL, whatever. Um, So as much as it sucks, I think this will be a huge, huge win if they can get it. and against Dallas, like, I'm not sold. Like, Ezekiel Elliott has not looked like himself since his rookie year for the most part. Like, mm-hmm. it feels like he he's, looks like he's slowing down already. And um, He's been slowing down, I feel like. He has been. Uh, I'm actually going to be doing a video on, like, his contract and stuff like that. Uh, we'll post it to the podcast channel. But I don't want to post that. And then all of a sudden, he breaks off for, like, 150 yards. And then I look like <laughs> a dumbass. Um, so, I'm going to see how this game goes. Going into Dallas, I feel like it's set up for the Cowboys to choke. The Cowboys are favored by three and a half, coming off a good uh, – whether we like the officiating or not, it was a it was a tough win against the Chargers who are competing in a tough division. Um, and I feel like this is all set up again for Dallas to choke. And hungry dogs run faster. I'm going to – we're both gonna, probably going to stick by the birds. And I'm going to take the Eagles plus three and a half, whatever – and I think it's going to be a fun one. And this is where you see the offense bounce back and they'll make adjustments and get Dallas Goddard more involved, try and get Hurts out of the pocket more and make some plays with his legs. And I think they'll rely on Miles Sanders more going into this one. So I'm going to take the Eagles. Um, Timmy, are you going with the birds? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, we ride Dallas week. I don't, I don't, the Cowboys don't scare me. Like they don't yeah. have a defense. The little and they don't have the Marcus Lawrence either. Yeah, the little sisters of the poor could throw on them. They do not have a defense. 
Michael and Parsons Amari, scares the shit out of me, though. I'm not going to lie. If Amari Cooper's out, so that's Amari Cooper and Gallup then. Well, he's right? questionable. He's not okay. He's not listed as out. Still, that means his pussy ass isn't playing because he's soft. <laughs> Tony Pollard Tony Pollard's been the bigger scary scare than Zeke mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. Dak yeah, surprisingly has looked really good coming off this injury, but Brandon Graham missing is going to hurt and Brooks is Brandon Brooks is going to hurt. Missing the two Brandons, yeah. but hopefully Dickerson's going to get a whole week of practice in. He can he can step in there, look mm-hmm. good, right? Yeah. We just have to have smart line play. Stop taking dumb like fall like I swear to God if fucking Isaac Samalu jumps offside one more or has a full start one more time I'm gonna go down there and cut his goddamn ponytail off like you know the fucking snap count Samalu stop jumping Lane Johnson <laughs> stop holding people that said we need to start using Dallas Scott Dallas Goddard more along with the running like yeah. he is our best offensive one of our best offensive weapons outside of Smith and Sanders yeah. you need to get him involved. So, so with that thought, because we're coming up on an hour 20 and I don't, people are probably already tuning out. Um, <laughs> final score prediction. What do you think? This is going to be a close one. Eagles blow them out. Dallas blows us out. What do you think? Uh, no, because this is the first game of the year. So it's always close. We mm-hmm. always play a close one. And then there's, I feel like it's a blowout at the end. Uh, so let's say 24, uh, 17 birds. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say 27, 27, 19 Eagles. So um, good. oh, also last thing, last game, because I realize we have a lot of Yinzers in our fan base. Um, Pittsburgh. <laughs> hey, you may not like them, but they tune in. So I kind of need them to stick around. Uh Pittsburgh dealing with a litany of injuries, uh, taking taking on Cincinnati. Uh Basically, Ben Roethlisberger trying to play through a peck injury, but it's not its throwing side. So maybe that does something for him. TJ Wattless is questionable. They have a whole – Devin Bushless is questionable. They got a whole, whole lot of injuries. And Cincinnati coming in after Joe Burrow getting slaughtered. I don't – I think Pittsburgh's defense is still going to step up and just maul Joe Burrow just because the offensive line is that bad. And I think that Pittsburgh's secondary is going to step up and show why – the defense needs to shoulder the load this season. Um, and I think Pittsburgh's going to win. I think Pittsburgh's going to win. I mean, to say it's going to be a, an ugly one. I think it's going to be like 18 to 12. Like I'm legit going old school, three yards in a cloud of dust type football. Um, Are they you, playing? Cincinnati, hosting Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Pittsburgh? You're going Pittsburgh? Yeah, I, I just don't. I still think Cincinnati can't protect Joe Burrow. Yeah, agreed. That's that's about the best breakdown that we've done all this episode. That's the, that's right. the, like they can't protect Joe Burrow, even though Big Ben is like I not like, throwing the ball. I, I think uh, it was. I, don't know. I think it was Tone Tone Diggs on the Pat McAfee show said. Um, it's still it's a not, better defense. The Steelers season doesn't start until Ben Big Ben's playing through injury and playing hurt. So that's basically <laughs> what what the Steelers fan base. So he's got the walking boot on, yes. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, that does it all for me and Timmy. Thank you all for tuning in. Be sure to follow us on social media. Check out the link tree in the episode description. Follow us, rate us. Please do leave comments, reviews, all that type of stuff. And we will catch you all in the next episode.